calls and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. Every planting season, there's all kinds of hope. What a great harvest we hope to have this year. Yet, as the growing season and the harvest season plays out, it doesn't always go as planned. Yet, as we sow God's word, we always do so with hope because of the power that is at work behind it. We'll hear more about that in our worship service this morning, following the order of service printed out for you in your bulletin and projected on the screen. We begin by standing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. make me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers. For I meditate on your statutes. How sweet are your words to my taste. Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Yet so often we have despised God's word and failed to gladly hear and learn it. For this and for all our sins, we bow before God and humbly ask his forgiveness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner.
God gave his word so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. The scriptures testify about Jesus, who lived a perfect life for you, died on the cross to pay for all your sins, and rose again to assure you of your salvation. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Our first lesson for today, taken from Isaiah 55, serves as the basis of our sermon. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire, and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The word of the Lord. We sing the song together.
Our second lesson today, taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, there in Corinth, it was ministers of the Lord like Paul and Apollos who were sowing the scriptures, sharing God's word, but God is still the one who grants the growth and life. Even today, God uses many different servants, pastors, teachers, and actually all of us to share God's word with others. After all, what is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Please stand. for today taken from Matthew chapter 13 two points to keep in mind as we consider all the different things that happens to God's word that seed that is sown among people notice the generosity of God he sows everywhere in so many areas even that end up rejecting his word and also notice his words at the end of his parable that he who has ears listen listen to God's word that seed that is scattered among us that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. 
But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of the harvest. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon today, the first lesson from Isaiah 55. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It has been decades since the famine-type conditions have been going on here in Wisconsin, as bad as they are this summer. Some areas have had lower rainfall than it's been in many years. In April and May and June, lower-than-average rainfalls have left us with an awful lot of catching up to do, and some are even wondering... Will we be able to have a decent harvest after all? We need rain. We need rain for our crops, for the livelihood of many people, and for the food that we depend on to survive. Yet people don't live on food alone. What really gives us life is every word that comes from the mouth of our God. This morning... 
Jesus teaches us in farming parable and in rain comparison about what we need most. He teaches us about his word. That is the rain that we desperately need. It's a rain that brings a downpouring pardon and also dependable produce. Every year over the course of the lifespan, the life cycle of the season, there's only so much time for rain to come and for plants to grow because eventually what you can gather in needs to be gathered in and the rest destroyed. There's only a certain window of time. And that's what Isaiah says here, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. There's only so long for people to come to life and to sprout and to grow in God's harvest field. During Isaiah's lifetime, there was a terrible illustration of that. The northern ten tribes, the kingdom of Israel, just above Judah, they ceased to exist. They had lived in the promised land for 700 years. God had sent prophets like Elijah and Elisha to them over and over again, scattering the seed of his word, sending the rain of his word. Yet instead of worshiping the one true God, they turned to idols. Instead of relying on the Lord of hosts, they relied on military alliances, political alliances with other kingdoms around them. And instead of acting as the chosen nation God had called them to be, they acted just like the sinful nations, the heathen nations around them. So God sent the Assyrians in to lay siege to the Israelites, to destroy them and scatter them all around the other nations. There's only so much time, and their window of time closed. Even today, Nations and empires can wither away far more quickly than they grew and flourished. People can be plucked out in the prime of their life. The retirement years can dry up more quickly than expected. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Day after day, right now, God seeks to be found among us by his word. He comes near to us in his scriptures. Don't put it off. Don't let another day pass by. Listen. Believe. Follow the Lord. Seek him while he may be found and call on him while he is near. Isaiah continues, Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. In this world that we live in, so often the same sins that go on among unbelievers around us are growing among us as well. Isaiah says, leave that behind, forsake it, abandon it, walk away from it. Picking on people who are weaker than you. Cheating your employer. Stealing from the customer. Cheating them. Drinking too much. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. The Lord is talking to you and me. Because wicked and unrighteous is what each of us are by nature. But just as when rain falls from the heavens, it doesn't stay pooled and puddled up on the earth. It sinks down into it. 
God is not just concerned with what's on the surface of our lives, our outward actions. God's word sinks down into us, dividing bones and marrow. God is concerned with the attitudes of our heart and the thoughts in our minds. It's not just violence against other people, but hatred. Not just adultery, but lust. Not just outright rejecting his word, but making it an afterthought too. And here, Isaiah exposes the little gardens that we each like to grow and tend in our minds. Those thoughts, those thorny weeds, those disgusting, rotten fruit that that we like to tend and feed and cultivate. Just walk away from it. Abandon it. Forsake it. God knows about it. He says, turn to the Lord. If this message sounds familiar, that's because it is. We hear it week after week. That's the main message of all the prophets and of Jesus himself as he went around preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. Just how can we walk away from those furrows that we've dug, the sinful actions in our lives, and those gardens that we've tended and cultivated in our mind? How can we possibly do that? Those thoughts, they keep springing up, even when we don't want them to. Isaiah gives us the solution here. Turn to the Lord, for he will freely pardon. Turn to the Lord, for he is great in mercy. He is abundant in forgiveness. Turn to the Lord. A couple months ago, Millersville Avenue was torn up. Most of us remember that. But you probably also remember that every time you came to school or church or back again or just driving around through town, there was dust everywhere. It stuck to our cars, dust clinging to our vehicles. Yet one day, it rained. And it rained. And it rained some more, washing all of the filth off of our vehicles. That is the picture that Isaiah puts in front of us today. God's word falling from heaven. A monsoon of mercy for us. For everyone who turns to the Lord, the Lord's word comes to them. The Lord's word in promise and in proclamation. The word made flesh washes us clean of all of our sins. By his cross, our lives and our minds and our hearts are cleansed. What abundant mercy. This is what the Lord's word brings among us week after week. It has in store for us every time we turn to him. As we return to the Lord, we don't have to cower in terror. We don't have to tremble in fright. That's what Isaiah says here. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. We hear that in our liturgies, too, don't we? As we turn to the Lord to confess our sins, beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to give us forgiveness. We come humbly, yet confidently, in that downpouring pardon that the Lord has for us in his word. 
other places in the liturgy. Blessed is he whose sins are forgiven, whose transgressions are pardoned. If we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Lord reminds us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. If someone ignored us month after month after month, would we want to have anything to do with them? If someone abused one of our own children, and if someone ran our reputation through the mud, how inclined would we be to say anything good about them? But the Lord's thoughts and ways are not ours. He has a downpour of pardon in store for everyone who turns to him, even those, that includes us, even those who abused his son and led to the death of Jesus. Even those who have misspent years and have ignored him for long periods of time turn to the Lord and receive this downpour of pardon. That is the rain we so desperately need that the Lord sends in his word. He also gives dependable produce. Isaiah's ministry was a very difficult one. Isaiah lived at a time when the southern kingdom of Judah had more territory to look after. They had material prosperity, prosperity, and they also had military strength. Oh, the Israelites at that time, they were happy to go to the temple and worship the Lord, but they were just going through the motions for the most part. Their lips were near the Lord, but their hearts were elsewhere. They had eyes, but didn't perceive. They had ears, but weren't really listening or paying attention to the Lord. Even under godly king Jotham, the Israelites continued in their corrupt ways. Isaiah could have wondered, is this doing any good? Is my preaching and my teaching and my ministry effective at all? The same thing in the first century in the Corinthian congregation. Paul and Apollos planting and watering. Yet what was going on in Corinth? There were divisions in the congregation and dysfunction at communion. There was selfishness and sexual sins abounding and they were, they were proud of them. There in Corinth, there was all kinds of other things, lawsuits and, and living for this life instead of looking forward to heaven. Was that doing any good? And at the time of Jesus, too, the people of his own hometown, Nazareth, they shoved him, wanted to shove him off of a cliff. Chorazin and Capernaum and Bethsaida, all of them refused to repent. And after Jesus fed the 5,000, people found his teaching hard to swallow. Most people walked away from Jesus. Is it doing any good? Is it really worth it? Even today, with every passing year, so many people seem to be determined to walk further and further away from the Lord. People in our own families, people in our congregation, get snatched up in the beak of Satan, get scorched by the sun when hardship comes their way, get choked by the thorns of worry and pleasure? Is it all worth it? What's going on? The Lord reminds us that rain works. 
And we saw that this past week, didn't we? We got a bunch of rain on Wednesday, and it worked. It greened up lawns. It provided more growth out in the fields. Yeah, there's still some parts of our lawns that are a little bare, some yellow portions of the grass, many parts of the fields where things are undeveloped, but the rain worked. So does God's work. Every time it goes out of his mouth, every time that seed is scattered, it works. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. What is that purpose? What does God desire when his word goes out? Well, simply what he said in verse 6, that people forsake their wicked ways and turn to the Lord, trusting him as their savior. That's the Lord's purpose. And when his word goes out, maybe not everyone believes it, some reject it, but some listen, some believe, some turn to the Lord. How encouraging is that for the Christian church? When so many congregations and church bodies these days are turning after false teachings, tolerating them, advocating them, yet even in those churches where God's word is read and where God's word is listened to, it works. Some repent. Some turn to the Lord. We give thanks for that. How encouraging for our elders here at St. Paul's. As they go out seeking out those who are straying or sinning, God's word will not return to them empty. How encouraging for each one of us when one of our relatives or family members or friends gets caught up in wickedness, we go to them with God's word. God's word works. Maybe not Everyone, but some will turn to the Lord. How comforting for parents as they discipline and train their children using the scriptures. There's always hope and confidence there where God's word falls down from heaven like the rain and the snow. How encouraging for our congregation as we seek to grow here at St. Paul's and grow our ministry. That growth does not depend on someone's personality or on having just the right program. That growth does not depend on just the right musical style or evangelism strategy. It depends on the word. So let it rain. Sprinkle that word in your conversations. Let it saturate all of our ministries. God's word works. Isaiah speaks here of bread for the eater and seed for the sower. As God's word falls from heaven among us, we know that it, it satisfies and strengthens every need of our soul and also supplies everything we need to set before others. People have so many questions about the Lord. Maybe we've asked them too. As we bring his word to others, these kinds of questions can come up. If the Lord is really almighty and all-loving, why is there suffering 
in this world then, huh? Why do evil people not only survive, but sometimes they seem to thrive? Why are some saved and others condemned? We could probably have a Bible class on each one of those questions, but what does Isaiah say about it here? Isaiah reminds us that if we frail humans who are alive here only for a short time could truly comprehend all of God's thoughts and ways, would he really be God? No. God says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let's let the one who made the heavens and the earth rule the heavens and the earth. Yet the one who gathered the waters into one place and had dry land appear, he is the one who came among us as one of us walking on dry land and on the water for that matter. The Almighty One made himself weak for us. The one who has the highest expectations and the holiest demands of us took our sin on himself. The one who brought forth vegetation by his mighty word on day three allowed himself to be hung on a tree. And the one who breathed life into Adam's nostrils after he formed him from the dust of the earth, that same Lord Almighty raised Jesus Christ from the dead for our victory. If we're honest with ourselves, our minds could have never come up with that. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what the Lord has done for us. That is foolishness to us. But it's the Lord's power and wisdom by Christ's cross sown among us in his word. Yet the Lord's thoughts and his ways are so much higher than just splashing that on us. The Lord desires that every nation on earth be covered with rain clouds of the gospel. And the Lord who brought forth life in our hearts by his word and causes us to grow and flourish as well, leads us to trust that his word will produce and bring life and vegetation and fruit for him. His word is the rain we so desperately need. It's rain that we can depend on to produce. We may have down years here with drought conditions. Those things come and go. But we have this promise from the Lord that as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, day and night, cold and heat will never cease. And neither will his word. Even though heaven and earth pass away, that will never pass away. May that word, that powerful word, always bring us hope May we cherish it and listen to it and use it and thank God for it because it is the rain we so desperately need. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue by confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for prayer. Almighty God and Father, we thank you for all your mercies, especially for the gift of your Son, through whom you have revealed your gracious will. We praise you for the Holy Spirit and his working through the means of grace. Strengthen and defend your church, that by your word and sacraments, faith may grow and love toward all may increase. Keep our children in the grace of their baptisms. Enable their parents to train them in lives of faith. Preserve our nation in justice and honor. Guide and bless all who make, administer, and judge our laws. Let your blessing rest on planting and harvest, commerce and industry, medicine and science, the arts and culture. Protect all who travel and care for those whose work is difficult or dangerous. Comfort all who are in sorrow or need, sickness or adversity. Remember those who suffer persecution for the faith. Have mercy on those for whom death draws near. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading Pastor Norv Cuck to accept our call as principal relief teacher for this coming school year. Please bless the preparation of all of our staff for the upcoming year. May the powerful and saving word of Jesus take root and bear fruit in us all. Hear us, Lord, as we pray in silence. We remember with thanksgiving those who have loved and served you, who now rest from their labors. Console those who are mourning or living with sadness. Grant us these things, Father, for the sake of Jesus, who died and rose again. Amen. We continue with our next hymn.
Please stand for prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and do. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts, that we may be strengthened in faith, guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we join to pray as our Savior has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please be seated for our closing hymn. Thank you again for being with us in God's house today. A couple of announcements. Uh, during the time between services this morning, we'll have adult Bible study in the sanctuary, and that's going to continue through the life of David. And then we'll also have child care for the younger children down in the preschool room, the first room on the left as you enter the school wing. 
Uh, we also learned this past Thursday evening, I think it was, that Pastor Cuck, as was mentioned in the prayer, has accepted our part-time call to be principal relief teacher for next school year. He has a little note for us. Uh, dear members of St. Paul's, also the Board of Education and Church Council, this is my formal acceptance of the one-year call extended to me to be part-time teacher at your elementary school, the chief role for that to provide relief time for the principal. I look forward to working with you and the St. Paul's family in this role, and I ask for your prayers and your counsel as I seek to serve the ministry with the gifts the Lord of the Church has provided to me and my co-workers. In his name, Pastor Norv Cock. Then we also have an announcement from our evangelism chairman, Lynn Litt. Good morning. Church photo directory is now underway. If you would like to sign up for a date in either July or August, uh, after each service day, we will have a representative in the narthex to help you do that. In fact, if you'd like to have your photo this afternoon, we still have several slots between 2 and 3.30 p.m., so please consider those too. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Are there any other announcements for today? If not, then please greet those who are worshiping with you and God's blessings on the rest of your day.